Bill. How are you doing today? Hey, Robin, I'm pretty good. How are you today? I'm good myself. Unfortunately, I can't say the same about everybody else in the world. There's been mm. some very alarming and atrocious news spreading throughout the industry. But for now, let's try and push that to a side. Our thoughts, our feelings, our prayers are with all those impacted. Of course. But I know that you have something evil to talk about and not I evil do. relating to the actions of man. What can you tell me about Evil Proxy? Yeah, I wanted to talk about Evil Proxy today because we're starting to see a surge in that. And some of the traditional ways that we try to prevent uh, phishing emails, for example, might not be as effective here. So uh, Evil Proxy is actually, we're seeing it target senior executives mostly in like the banking and the financial um uh, insurance, manufacturing, real estate. And uh, we really, we've seen an upswing since July. So here we are several months down the road and evil proxy is really, uh, it's, it's really gaining a foothold. So in essence, what it is, Robin, and, and I'll be pretty brief today because I, I think we've got some other things to talk about as well. Basically, what will happen is the victim or the potential victim will receive a, an email and it is a, a phishing link in the email. But the interesting thing about the link is that it is typically to a legitimate URL. So think things like DocuSign or Indeed or Adobe or uh, some of the travel ones concur, right? Any number of uh, URLs that are legitimate. So Maybe the first question you would ask is, so what's the big deal, right? Why is that? How is that phishing? Well, these URLs, these sites, these services uh, actually allow you to pass parameters through the link. And there is a particular, uh, let's call it a flaw. It, it's actually by design called an open redirect flaw. So what this is, is within the parameters of that URL, so it may be going example to indeed.com, you can actually pass it a parameter that redirects once you, you hit that link. And what threat actors are doing is they are passing a URL that essentially sets up a, a transparent reverse proxy to the legitimate website. Let's think that through for a minute. <laughs> so it looks like I'm going to, uh, you know, to concur to, to book travel or to check on an invoice or something like that. But kind of invisibly, I'm actually being passed through a threat actor's compromised URL. So what do they do? They're able to do things like um, capture session cookies. They can capture credentials. And what they what they'll do is they'll capture it as an adversary in the middle forwarded along to the legitimate website so that as far as you can tell, uh, everything is is working legitimately. So uh, really interesting uh, situation that's taking place out there. Like I said, we're not going to go tremendously deep on that. But what, what I want to make sure that we're aware of is we spend a lot of time with user education on emails saying, hover over the link before you click it, right? Look for the domain that you're going to attach to make sure it's legit. My clarion call to our viewers is you can't just stop at that first part 
of the link because if you see things like question marks on the right-hand side of the link, you are potentially passing parameters. And this is something that could potentially be taken advantage of, especially because it will oftentimes actually be in an encrypted form. So you may not even realize you're passing your email through to the threat actor. So what do you do about it? The first thing that you do about it is call somebody. If you're not sure what this is, go through a different path. It's so easy to compromise by making it easy to click a link. Call somebody. All right. Or if Concur is telling you, and I, I'm not trying to pick, but it's it's a it's a highly used corporate application. If Concur, Concur is telling you that an invoice is ready, there's nothing that would stop you from simply opening your browser, going to Concur yourself, and then looking for the invoice. Be careful when you see those question marks. That's number one. Number two, obviously, if we're going to do some sort of a redirect to another site, there's going to be a DNS call, right? You have to resolve, even if it's to a uh, to to a compromised uh, URL, and that's where DNS protection is is going to come in and add another level of defense. So, DNS protection, user education. Uh, again, don't necessarily fall for the convenience of click here, right? And uh, be smart. Don't just focus on the left-hand side of that link. Evil Proxy is taking advantage of that. They're using that open redirect flaw. Look at the right-hand side of the link. If you see what looks like parameters being passed after question marks, maybe just log directly in and uh, educate your users to do the same. So... That's that's what I have for you, Robin. Uh, you know, I, I I know it's not something that knocked your socks off, uh, but uh, maybe maybe we can we can come up with something else that might knock your socks off. So what what uh, what do you have to talk to us about today? Well, the weather over here is starting to get cold. We're trending towards winter. I'd rather the socks stay firmly on. Otherwise, it get chilly little tootsies, and I don't want that to happen. <laughs> but, right? Yeah, it's a nice nice thing. Effectively, looking at parameters being passed or URL exfiltration is kind of a big deal and no matter how many times you educate your users it's always good to have a sassy based architecture in the middle that is That's looking right. at all the data going through making sure you're accessing legitimate sources because if you're not accessing those legitimate sources well you should have a vendor that should be able to identify block and mitigate the problem before it becomes a problem of course now on the topic of getting things via url i want to talk a little bit today about curl ah, ah curl's interesting now, Curl, if you've never heard about it, before we jump in and actually talk about the vulnerabilities and the problem, we're just going to start with the basics, as I know not everybody out there is used to staring at a CLI or doing terminal work. Right. So Curl itself stands for Client for URL, and it's a simple command line tool that's used to transfer files to and from servers. Now, that's Curl right. itself can make use of a variety of protocols, and it's often backed by something called the libcurl library. Lib library, curl client for URL, libcurl library. Now this provides multiple APIs and support for a huge amount of network bindings. Right. Now curl itself is used by pretty much every system admin and developer out there. It's oh, yeah. found in the vast majority of server deployments and everybody is using it. So mm -hmm. a critical vulnerability generally hits hard. Like we saw with Apache Log4j many moons back, if a technology is widely adopted and widely embedded everywhere, one vulnerability, one 
spark can light a powder keg that you had no idea about whatsoever. That's right. Now, on October the 3rd, a researcher, somebody called Daniel Stenberg, who is an open source developer and maintainer of Curl, took to that their platform of X, which formerly was known as Twitter. And yes. pe most people are still using the term Twitter because X is hard to say. Now, Daniel, he announced a new high severity CVE, a common vulnerability exploit that will be fixed in Curl version 8.4. Now, first of all, whenever you hear about versions where any widely adopted software, people panic because nobody indexes which version of curl hmm. they're using. People don't index which version of S open SSL, SSH, any of the core foundational blocks. You don't really care. You might right. run a get apt updates, install all uh, version or just install all your packages, but not really anybody is there vehemently indexing every single version, subversion, sure. point version out there. Now, the researcher, Daniel, he noted that the release would be escalated and moved ahead of schedule. And as of October the 11th, as of today, the time of recording, he believes that this is going to be the worst security problem found in Curl in a long time. So as of time of recording, Bill, by the end of today, we should have a fix that would fix this problem. Right. And all you need to do is go and find every single instance of curl out on your network and update it to the latest version, which should be a moderately easy process, right? Mm. Yeah, not really. That's pretty much every <laughs> server, every application. Of course, of course. Yeah, if you're a network admin, you're about to have a lot of headaches over the next few days, weeks, and months. So the vulnerability itself it has a really catchy name. The, the big issue is aptly named CVE. 2023 that's saying that this is a cve that was found this year 2023 and the key identifier number is 38545 it's catchy it doesn't have a logo yet it's not like heartbleed or shell shock it's not in the lights because this is a more of a techie vulnerability mm -hmm. and i think i might get a little bit techie as we move forward you know yeah. stop me if i start getting too nerdy i have many anoraks and pullovers in my closet, my favorite train is the IF40PH, nice locomotive. I can get real nerdy, but I don't want to get too nerdy here. Now, this vulnerability, this isn't something known as a heap-based buffer overflow proxy uh, vulnerability in the SOX5 proxy. Now, this go. happens with the handshake between curl and libcurl, between kind of curl itself and the proxy that handles the transactions. Mm -hmm. Now, when curl is given a host name to pass along to a SOX5 proxy, and when this host name is greater than 255 bytes in length, it will effectively switch to local name resolution in order to resolve the address before passing it onto the SOX5 proxy. That's right. standard standard fare. Yeah. We, need, we have more data that can be held in 255 bytes, so therefore you need to resolve it somehow. However, due to a bug, a bug and a bug, due to a bug introduced in 2020, this local name resolution could fail due to a slow SOX5 handshake, causing mm -hmm. curl to pass the host name greater than 255 bytes in length of the target buffer, leading to a heap overflow. Right. Now, sounds quite nerdy. I'll slow it down. If the SOX5 proxy doesn't respond quick enough and it doesn't handle the data it's given, it just bypasses that. It goes on to the next person. The next person gets this data. It doesn't know what to do with it, and it all spills over. It causes something mm -hmm. to break. Now, imagine this like working on a, uh, a conveyor belt, a factory line. 
you have each person doing the right task and the right job and everybody is applying the right item or taking the item they need off the, the conveyor belt. It's nice and smooth. Now, if one person doesn't do their job quick enough, they can't maintain that flow. So the next person in line has too much work to do. And eventually, as you move down that line, the work is going to be piling up until things spill off the end of that conveyor belt. Right. And that's effectively what a heap overflow is at a very simple level. Mm. Now, when it comes to socks, I know a lot of the folks listening aren't familiar with socks. And we're not talking about the stuff you wear on your feet. We're talking about the proxy. Now, all you really need to know in this context is that socks is mainly used for anonymizing the traffic source. That's and right. it's really used in legitimate use cases. Socks, mm. is, socks used to be widely adopted. Technology's moved on. There yeah, are so still much. some, yeah, there's, there's some legitimate reasons, but most folks don't really need it. Right. So generally, whenever you see Socks 5 used on a network, whether you do network monitoring, capacity planning, or otherwise, alarm bells should start be ringing because mm. typically there's not legitimate use cases to be using it. Mm. And for that reason, I don't think people need to be too worried about this vulnerability, even though it's very critical. Now, yep. sorry, Bill, I'm, I'm monologuing today. I'm heavily caffeinated. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> but if you were to read the advisory for this CVE, for the advisory for CVE 2023-38545, it gives a lovely example exploitation scenario of a malicious HTTPS server redirecting to a specifically crafted URL. Now, this isn't an evil proxy environment, but it has seen, shares a few similar hallmarks. Effectively, you're looking at data, it's being crafted, it's being passed on to another URL endpoint. And while it might seem that an attacker would need to influence, not Instagram influence, the slowness of a SOX5 handshake, either by slowing down the, the packets or wearing it out or degrading the performance of a server, the advisory itself states that the server latency is likely slow enough to trigger this bug. Hmm. So according to the actual advisory from the people who identified this exploit, they think that SOX5 itself is slow enough, is old enough, that just by using it, you could trigger the bug and cause a problem, which people are panicking about. Yeah. Heap overflows can cause a lot of problems. Actually, Bill, while I take a sip of water, yeah. what problems can heap overflows cause? Yeah, it's a great question. So uh, the one that immediately comes to mind, first of all, Depending on how you overflow the heap, you could find yourself dropping into a privileged user state. That's that's one item that can be can be utilized. The second is depending on how you overflow, and again, this comes down to memory architecture, you could end up in an arbitrary code execution scenario. So being able to inject code that then gets executed uh, in memory. So there's there's any number of ways that uh, an overflow can uh, can negatively impact. Uh, you you got to be smart. Right, you got to know how to do it and how memory is structured, but uh, those are those are the first two immediate concerns I would have. Indeed, and that's correct. The privileged escalation can cause a lot of problems because mm -hmm. as soon as something responds in a manner which you do not fully control, anything can happen. Technology right. is designed to work with very strict parameters. Right, device goes in, device gets impacted, device comes out. So if the box in the middle starts to responding in a way that you don't expect that's where things can get crazy right now, people are panicking a lot about this vulnerability because it can cause so many follow-up attacks mm. and people are also panicking due to a sister vulnerability that has been created off the back of this which we call and i know if you've got your pens and paper handy you've got cve 2023 
38546. So there you we go. have 38545 as the main one and 46 as the sister one. Now, this is a simple cookie injection vulnerability. Mm -hmm. So if you're using the dupe handle function or curl easy dupe handle, if you want, really want to do some coding, this is just a function in libcurl that duplicates an idea called easy handles. And easy handles are kind of like a reference or a pointer. Mm. Now, with this one, you can duplicate an easy handle. And if your cookies are enabled, the duplicated easy handle will not duplicate the cookies themselves, but instead sets files names to none. So instead of creating a direct response, you end up with a null output. Right. So if the duplicated easy handle is subsequently used and the source was not set, libcurl would try to load a null variable into itself and then cause a, another cycle, another potential buffer, buffer overflow. Mm -hmm. However, this sister vulnerability is generally regarded as being a low problem as the various conditions for exploitation are unlikely. But... It's causing a lot of waves and noise and cybersecurity oh, yeah. practitioners are talking because this is just the first thing that's been exploited off the back of the known heap issue identified in 4.5 within curl. Right. Now, it sounds a lot of doom and gloom. It sounds a lot of panic. It sounds like you should be rushing out and doing a full inventory of your entire server and network architecture to find out what's vulnerable and update. Yeah, but good luck with that. Yeah, but in reality, Bill, I think this is very much a storm in a teacup with the reality so. yeah the reality of criticality isn't really matching the academic input hmm. if you want to trigger this vulnerability exploiting the vulnerability is only possible if you're using a vulnerable version of libcurl that's right and this vulnerable version either hasn't had the buffer size correctly set or it has the value of the buffer size set to the the maximum of i think it's 65541 now, the realities of doing this, the impact or attack surface is going to be incredibly low. Mm -hmm. And the noise that this is making out there in the wild is substantially larger than the impact that things like Log4j or Shellshock mm. has had in the past. Right. But at the end of the day, a vulnerability is still a vulnerability. A of course. Is still a problem. And even if they don't have a high chance of exploitation, it's still yet another thing that you have to worry about when looking at your overall security posture. That's right. It's a vector. Yeah. It's a vector. It's a vector. I mean, yeah. if you're interested, Cato Networks can help you mitigate this vulnerability through our global backbone. And we're always looking at rapid CVE mitigation as we move forward. Of course. But the issue here isn't about how to protect, it's more about the the mentality that has to go through when looking at a distributed architecture. Every mm. single application, every single vendor, every single piece of code that you put on any server within your network sphere has a potential of breaking. It has a potential of being of an attack vector. It has a potential of allowing people into your world. Right. Now, even with, with homes, you could buy a door that's six foot thick sheet steel. Oh, that's hard to say. And you could <laughs> really be ensured that this is bomb proof and blast proof. However, every single window is a problem. Every single right. inlet and outlet pipe you have to allow your AC to work, that's an issue. The roof itself is an issue. The very bricks and fabric of the wall is an issue. Because if you're securing all your windows and doors, the next vulnerable thing is to just punch a hole through the brick. And people will do that. Oh, Hackers, yeah. attackers, threat practitioners will always try and look for the easiest path of entry. And the more technology you have inside your environment, the higher the chance there is that you're going to find something to exploit and break. Mm. Technology should always be evolving. Technology right. is always evolving, bringing new features and new bugs. 
But then on the flip side, if you don't continue to evolve, you use old technology, which is then more prone to being exploited because mm -hmm. threat actors have greater bake time. So it's a constant game of cat and mouse, which That's right. uh, which kind of keeps us interested, though, right? That's why we got into security in the first place. That's exactly right. Yes. <laughs> it's never fixed. It's never done. Right. So, yeah. So, sorry, Bill. I've my no. monologue for far too long. I like talking deep. I like talking cool. Yeah, like talking yeah. Tech, and I feel like I just want to go and exploit this now for the fact I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you can. And, you know, Robin, to, to kind of put a bow on, on your discussion, I think part of the sensational aspect of this is the the the, the broad use of curl, right? Uh, we're, we're all familiar with it. We, 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 we get it. We, we understand that it is, uh, it's a vector, but by the same token, um, patch your servers and, uh, and we'll be in good shape. Move it or lose it. Patching is hell. <laughs> okay bill until next time you stay safe out there take care brother